Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. All right, welcome back, everyone. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Katrina Harvey, who is a goal setter. She's a model. She's a woman of all things. And she's going to be talking with us about setting your goals and envisioning and affirming the things that you want in your life. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today. I appreciate it. I know I've been following all of your accomplishments this year, and you've seemed to navigate this pandemic in a positive way and achieving uh, multiple goals. And so before we actually get into all of the things that I've seen you accomplish and I've been amazed with, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for that compliment. I am originally from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised. I went away to school and got a bachelor's in English and quickly got a job in corporate America. So that really didn't match what I wanted to do, but I've been in corporate America for about 16 years now. I work for a Fortune 50 company in their learning and development department. My responsibility there is to really manage the leadership curriculum. In fact, I am in charge of our mid-manager curriculum and uh, development program. And I also have a son, he is 18. But I have multiple things I do. Years ago, I got my MBA in information technology management. With that, I always felt very guilty that I wasn't using it as I should. During this pandemic, I've actually started a business. It's Typify 7 LLC. And within that, I started a podcast called Seven Figure Girls Podcast. And it focuses on pageantry and finance, among other things. And then with that, I've also come out with a book this year. Well, I'm one of the authors in the book. It's an anthology. And I have just really been happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear because earlier in the pandemic, and I've discussed this several times on other episodes, is how we can really get caught up into our stress, our anxiety, and not really focusing on ourselves or even focusing on the goals. And I, I always tell people, think back to January 1st of this year. And that's typically a time where people are goal setting and they're working on their vision boards. And then two months later, bam, pandemic hit, we're stuck in the house. And for some people, achieving goals was, was a, a little bit more attainable, just not having to drive to work every day or be in the midst of traffic and, and other things that really distract us, like social gatherings. But for, for others, it was a little bit more difficult, especially people who have little ones at home and have to take on the task of being like a teacher, also working from home and doing things around the house. I think with our limited activities that we've had in socialization, that we all have to take time to refocus on ourselves, refocus our goals. And now we're stepping into a whole new year for 2021. And I think some people may be a little apprehensive of setting those goals this year, because when you look at social media, and I'm sure you've probably seen it too. Some people are saying, I don't know if I really want to purchase a planner. I don't know if I want to buy my goal book or write my goals. What if we're stuck in the house another nine months? What are your thoughts on that? So when the pandemic started, my son was still in high school. He was a senior in high school. And so I also had to navigate it not as much because he was, he's very independent. 
And, but I had to make sure, you know, I was getting notes from teachers. Like, Your son needs to log in. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. So I totally understand where all that stress was coming from, especially in that area. Ironically, the things, the goals I set for myself last year were not any of the things I've achieved. I think we need to give ourselves grace and we need to be flexible. I still have bought a 2021 planner. No, I did not use my 2020 planner that much, but I was still extremely busy because quarantine was a gift for me. I felt like if I was going to be in the house for several months, I needed to do something. I needed to see something successful come out of it. So many of us are like, oh, I just wish I could work from home. But guess what? We all got our wish <laughs> for a little that while. That is and true. So- that is true. <laughs> I was like, let me use this. Within that time, I got several certifications at work done. And I was listening to a friend on a podcast and I was like, oh, I could totally do this. One of the things I do at my day job is I also facilitate a class to teach executives how to present at board meetings. I was like, I could totally do this. This idea didn't even come up to me until May and I launched in September. And I would say be flexible and be open. Because I think that especially at this time, since it is unknown, and I know that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially people like me, like I'm a total planner. I had several trips planned. I was like, okay, we are doing this. My son was graduating. I had the whole year planned out and none of that actually happened. So the biggest thing it taught me was to be open to what is coming into your life. Because there's a saying and it says, what, tell God your plans and he'll laugh. So this year has come out better than I had planned in January. I love what you said about giving yourself grace, because sometimes we don't give ourselves grace when it comes to achieving like our personal goals or figuring out the things that we want to do in life or looking at our vision board and saying, okay, I still haven't done X, Y, Z. And I typically discuss business topics and I I discuss how people in business had to pivot this year. And I think that really goes along with your personal life and your personal goals as well. So how you're saying that everything that you've accomplished wasn't necessarily at the top of your list to achieve. It's almost like you had to pivot your goals. Now you're realigning uh, yourself, realigning your purpose. So I think that's a great strategy. (laughs) So the podcast, I remember oh, a few months ago and I saw you post something and I was like, oh, Katrina's starting a podcast. I think I, I first heard about it. You were a guest on someone else's podcast and I typically try to support other people and, and see what they're doing. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to tune in and, and hear what she's discussing. And I heard you say you're launching a podcast and I was super excited. And I was like, okay, because I think we all like look at other people and what people are doing and we admire what other people are doing. And sometimes we look at ourselves and say, how can I do this? Or how can I do that? And I always tell people, you can do anything you put your mind to. So kudos for starting the podcast. (laughs) I've listened to, I've probably listened to almost every episode except the, the most recent one. And I am so proud of you. And then I saw the book and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, goals are on 10. Tell us about the book that you are featured in or co-authoring. So the book is called She is the Ish Journey to Love. And it's a group of us that kind of write together and 
a wonderful name, a wonderful woman by the name of Ariel Ramsey. She put all of this together, but it gives you an opportunity. If you've always had the dream of being an author, this is your opportunity. And I chose to write in the book Journey to Love because I feel that is one area in my life that I just cannot give Lord Jesus. And it's a story. And the story is about my first true love and my last love. It spans 22 years <laughs> of uh, dating, but it really is about that. I don't need, I don't want to say I don't need, cause I, I still want somebody I'm single right now, but that I needed to find myself, my true authentic self, because I've learned multiple lessons in the 22 years of dating. It really is about finding who I am in the midst of a relationship. I don't know if you've noticed this about some of your friends or maybe even yourself, but I tend to change when I'm in a relationship. I morph into someone else. I remember when a friend got married and I was like, she is acting totally different. And I'm like, this is probably her in love. This is her in a relationship. And I've only seen the single side of her. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't, necessarily think that I change. And I think one of the reasons I don't change is because I've seen friends and family change when they're in these relationships, especially when they think they've met the one. I feel like sometimes as women, and you can chime in if I'm wrong, if this is where you were going, but I feel like sometimes like we as women tend to wrap ourselves so up with the guy that we're involved with that we forget about our friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you hang out with your friends a little bit less or everything is about the guy or I've even had some people say oh if if this is my boo or when I meet my boo like I ain't gonna see y'all no more and I'm like huh like you have to have a support system you have to have friends around I've seen it with other people but I think that I try to stay true to myself even when I am like in tune with someone and I think feedback from your friends um, is very important especially like those friendships that you value because we meet people at different stages in our life. Like I have friends from like my childhood. I have friends I met in college. I have friends that I met in my adult professional life. And then sometimes you meet people in your friends for a certain period of time. And it's what reason season lifetime, the saying Mm -hmm. that my mom always says, like when I ask about, should I contact this person? And, but those people who you've accumulated along the years and who know you best are like the best people that give you feedback on the things that you're doing wrong or the things you can change not necessarily saying you should share your, all of your relationship details, but they'll tell you, they'll call you out and be like, okay, you acting different or you did this or, and I think that's like good feedback to have. So. Yeah. Mine was my best friend and now business partner. She warned me about several people up front and I'm like, I wasn't ready to hear it. And she knows that about me. So (laughs) she's like, okay, I'm telling you this for the third or final time. And you do need those people who are going to be very truthful to you. Like her and I even have a pact. When we do get married, we are supposed to ask each other a certain question. And depending on how we answer that question, we are told to cancel the wedding for the other person. (laughs) Now that is funny. (laughs) Yes. I don't have that type of pact, but I I like that. I'm like, because your friends know you best. And I Mm -hmm. think especially the people who you are very open and transparent with, they're going to know if something is off. Mm -hmm. So I I like the book idea. And when does it come out? It is out. And I'm just a little slow on putting it up to sale, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the book is out. So it's available on Amazon. Yes. 
We'll but it will be available on my website, which is sevenfigurgirls.com to purchase. Let's talk about when you are sitting down and working on your goals, How what's your process in that goal setting? Like, how do you start? Do you start with a SMART goal or is it more of like career, personal? Is it a combination of both? Can you walk us through those steps? So I am very much a Franklin Covey person. I facilitate it. The seven highly effective ha- the habits for highly effective people. And I've always been this way even before that, but always think with the end in mind. I always think of that ultimate thing that I want to do and I work backwards. So what needs to happen in order to get to that point? I, t- I say, I tell a lot of people, you get stuck in the now because you're like, where am I now? What is this going on now? When you really need to think about where you want to be in the future and make a decision from that point of view, because now something is going on, right? Now you're stressed, something is happening. So always try to make decisions or goals based upon truly where you want to be. So not necessarily working through a SMART goal, but really because I think there are so many different ways, tactical ways to get to where you want to go. But there are also, that's why we need to be flexible. Say like my goal for 2021, I, I do have a set goal of winning a pageant. I'm a pageant queen. This is my third pageant. I know that's in June. I know there are things I need to work on to get to that point. So I know I need to hire a pageant coach. I know I need to get my dress made by a designer. I know I need to practice runway walking. There are multiple things that I need to do. So that's more straightforward. But when it's something that you can be flexible with, maybe it is, uh, I need to get $5,000 for my business. So I'm going to apply for multiple grants and things like that. You may not get that first grant. Okay. Do you have a plan A, B, or C? So that's really kind of how I navigate my goals because like I said, some things in 2020, actually none of them <laughs> wrote down work. I had to pivot. I had to be flexible, but it's still been an amazing year. I've still done things like the book. I hadn't the book was not in the plan at all for 2020. I was on Facebook. I was in this group and I was like, oh, these people are actually writing books. Let me join in. Be open to what can happen. So when you're doing that, are you writing the goals down in your planner? Are you using a vision board? What motivates you to achieve those goals that you set? I put it in multiple places. And actually right now, the mirror in my bathroom is a great place on a post-it because I get to see it every day. I get to look at it every day. I think that's one great spot. I remember I went to a friend's house and she had all these things written in different color markers on her mirror. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. I was like, I'm just doing it with post-its. And I do use a planner. I also use a notebook that I journal in. And actually when I take vacation, I that's when I try to focus. I try to have some me time, some self-care time and really focus on what I need to get done in the next three months. And that's another thing. I think that we really need to start looking more quarterly, more monthly at the things we want to accomplish because the little things add up to the bigger things. So start small and grow big. I love the post-it. So you know what that reminds me of? Did you ever watch the show Being Mary Jane? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she had all the post-its like all over her door and mirror, like everywhere. I used to actually do that. And then even with the mirror, like I have a standalone mirror in my bedroom and then I have 
of course, like vanity mirror in the bathroom, but I write on my mirror and lipstick and I write like little sayings and, and things that are going to be a constant reminder. Like one thing for me is because I'm single and I do want to get married, but I think sometimes like, especially the age that we are, we have to be careful not to really fall into things like too fast or opening up to people too fast. So one of the things that's written on my mirror is guard your heart. And that's like a constant daily reminder of, yeah, you meet someone who might seem charming and XYZ, but people crazy in these streets. So I dig that. I love it. I always try to tell people you have to put something in a place where you're constantly going to see it because you can write something down in a book and a journal all day. If you never open that journal again, Mm -hmm. what's pushing you? What's motivating you or reminding you to focus on that one particular thing? Those of you listening, get your post-its. Yes. <laughs> get your post-its. And get them in different colors. That's why you have categories. You be like, yes. Oh. Yeah. And I take the oldest lipstick I have, and that's what I'm using the right on the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So let's talk about what keeps you up at night. Like when you have when you think about that number one goal that's in your planner, is that something that you're staying up all night to achieve? because you're like high strung on getting it done or is it something else other than those particular goals? It's something other than those particular goals. And I think it's something that haunts me. (laughs) And this is why I started a financial podcast, finances. I wonder if I will ever truly be happy because I think, and, and ironically, this is my pageantry platform is financial literacy. I think that as a woman of color that I was not taught. I know growing up, I was not taught the all of these financial things. And that's what I'm making one of my goals is to be able to teach other people. And in that, I will be able to really teach myself because I feel that is one spot that will forever, I'll forever be growing in it. And I think we all will. I think new information comes out, new things happen on the financial front, but are we really educated enough on it to follow through on it? Like right now, like I was like, oh, Pfizer's coming out with this vaccine. Let me go buy some Pfizer stock. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm like, before I wasn't able to do that, right? Before I truly was living paycheck to paycheck. As a single mother, I was on public assistance for a few years. And I know the struggle of not have not having certain things, not, not having cable and then not be a choice. It's just I can't afford it right now. I've, I really want people in general to really have that financial education and i'm like it is so available to all of us but and we think we're stuck but we're not we just have to educate ourselves more so that is the thing that actually worries me and keeps me up at night it's just like financial literacy and learning about finance definitely and i think a lot of people can relate to that seeing as how not only the focusing on the economy this year and the downturn, but overall in general and financial literacy is a passion of mine as well. I I think it's a topic that definitely would keep everyone up at night, even 
scatterbrained during the day because I can recall times not only like growing up and not really having the things that other kids had, but being an adult and having that first job, even the second job and really living paycheck to paycheck because we have these expectations of what the world looks like as we grow up. And sometimes we're not really equipped with the right information to better ourselves financially. And that's, I I love that. So I love how you're really taking, you're taking that and turning it into a power, a superpower of yours, whereas you want to empower other people, because I feel as though people who grew up with money or people who grew up and not didn't necessarily have to struggle, even in in their adult life, if they haven't had to struggle, they don't understand that this can be like a major stress factor for other people. It can distract your workday. It can distract your home life. Finances is like one of the top reasons that people get a divorce Mm -hmm. outside of infidelity. Actually, it's a larger percentage when you compare infidelity. So why people, why relationships don't really work out. And even like the money aspect of what someone would have for an emergency. When I got in, first started getting into financial literacy and speaking on it and teaching on it, realizing that more than 70% of the people in this country don't have $1,000 in the bank, that was disturbing to me. Mm -hmm. And we think like $1,000, like that's not like a lot of money. I think when I was like younger, I thought $1,000 was like a ton of money. I think we, me and you both know it's not. (laughs) Right. Okay, I gotta pay monthly bills. It's more than that. So yeah, that's a good focus. I, I really like that. So What about the things that keep you going? You have all these goals. You have a son. I want to know, does your son motivate you to achieve certain goals? I I assume like when he was younger, I think a lot of parents use their kids as motivation. And now that he's, I I would say he's quote unquote adult because he just made it. (laughs) (laughs) He just made it. But do you look at your son as a reason to keep going and achieve bigger goals? I do. If you were to ask my sister, she would say my son saved my life because she had no idea what I was going to do with my life when I was in college. Cause, <laughs> and to think that I, cause I had him like my senior year of college and that made me, I was like, I have to go get a job. So I actually quit school so I can go get a full-time job. Cause I'm like, I have this baby coming. I have to support it. And when he was nine months old, I went back and finished my degree. He is a huge motivator in my life. And I think that I look to him because I want him always to respect me and respect the decisions I've made and to look up to me because, and I was thinking about this last night. I don't think a lot of parents think that you are your first, you are your child's first friend. You're your child's first hero. They look up to you to really have that. I have that reflecting back on me every day, my decisions And he is a huge motivator for me. And I am so proud of the young man he is um, turning into because he, my son is going to be a global citizen. I think when he was 14, he told me he was going to be international. And I was like, you're just going to Costa Rica, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that he wants to live abroad and study abroad, and he takes the time to learn about other cultures and different things like that. And just to really not be the typical, what people would typically think of a Black young male would be interested in. When I tell people about my son, they are shocked. They are like, wow. Of course, because he's tall. Did he play basketball? No, he did not. I'm like, honestly, I prayed that my son would be no more for his mind than his physical attributes. Let me phrase it like this, because 
Well, I already said how parents look at their younger children and use them really as like motivation to really do better in life. And then we're talking about as your son, he just graduated high school, is getting ready to go to college. Do you think when your son really starts achieving these things, such as having a college degree, going out into the job force, which looks very different compared to when we graduated from college, like kids are coming out of college now making $80,000, $90,000. And I look at like when I graduated, it was like 30, 40. If you mm-hmm. got 50, it was amazing. And over the next, I'd say five years, do you see yourself wanting to catapult not only your business and your brand, but yourself in corporate America because of like the way that the times have changed and positioning like our younger generation for their careers? So it's so interesting. So my son is part of Gen Z. And of course, Gen Z is just totally different because they grew up in the world of social media. So and they have a lot more careers that are based off of social media. So they're influencers and things like that. And I'm not sure they will have those corporate careers like we have or that the corporate careers will even be around technically. It's very interesting right now. So I think everyone is going to have to pivot, if that makes sense. Even with my business, I'm like, I'm not a social media person. I have to be. And so I have me a research intern and she is helping me because I'm like, I need to reach out to the younger generation. This is who I'm building this for. We have to be open-minded to doing things differently and to have different motivations. So for instance, my son is totally into K-pop. I didn't I have know what no idea. Was. I don't know what K-pop is. <laughs> it is Korean pop music. I have no idea. I've seen it trending on Twitter, but I never knew what it was. I was like, what is this? Yes. And it's good music. I listen to it now. And I can't remember the name of the group, the little song Dynamite. That's their American record. But and it's I saw seven or eight of them in the group, the guys, and they all have different colored hair. They're cool guys. I've seen enough of them. But that is something that's really taken over. And if it wasn't for my son, I would have no idea what K-pop is. They are building careers off of K-pop, being K-pop influencers, listening to the music, reviewing it, holding different um, panel discussions on it, doing different podcasts on it. It is actually a huge genre. Just to think of that and... Like my son motivates me on that itself because he just knows about something. I have no idea about that. It's popular in this world. And there's actually a a famous K-pop singer from Texas. She was born and raised in Texas, but she went to Korea and became a K-pop star. So you just never know. Wow. You make a really good point because I think about, I have a nephew who's seven and he's so in tune with technology. I think probably starting when he was like four, he knew how to use the iPad and the phone better than my mom did. Like even now he'll sit next to someone, memorize their password, get into your iPad or your, or your phone and make folders, download games. And then he's into VR and that's his whole life. Like he, he teaches me about so much. And I'm like, how do you know this? And so given like all the technology that the younger generation has now, it could be a possibility that that traditional corporate jobs will go away. Everything will be focused on digital jobs, automation, and that whole world of of social media. And then speaking of social media, I like how you hired or you're working with like younger people to really help you guide you through that process. But we do have to get you in Clubhouse. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> you got to get you on Clubhouse. That's like the next hottest thing right now. And that, that's where everyone is being able to speak on panels and promote their brand and network. And so that, that would help you as well. Yes. Yes, I need to get there. <laughs> so okay, we've been sitting here discussing your process for your goal setting and the things that you've accomplished. I want to know what does success look like? What does that look and feel like for you? I used to think success was... Like I said, checking everything off on a list. Now it's more of a feeling. It's, did I feel good about that decision? Did I feel good about that meeting? Did I feel good about the podcast interview? It's truly is more of a feeling for me. I think one thing the pandemic and quarantine has done is change our paradigms and how we feel about things and how we think about things. And like I said, success to me before March... <laughs> 2020 was a checklist and now it is totally a feeling. Okay. And, and what do you consider to be your superpower? So I think every person has one thing that they're really good at and you've taken this year to master like several things and, and still working on yourself, like professionally, like in the corporate world, would it be like one of those particular things that you've taken on, such as being a great model pageant? winner, gosh, like so many things, author, podcaster, <laughs> or is it something else that you consider like your, your superpower? This is very interesting. So before all of this, I, I thought this was going to be something negative. And it was the fact that I was flexible and adaptable because what is, I'm trying to think of the, there's a little story about the egg. And if you put the egg in hot water, it does this and the inflexibility, like the coffee. I, I got to remember that story, but anyway, it's a parable. I, but I know what, I, you, what you're talking about. I don't know it exactly, but I've seen the meme. Yeah. And people be like, used to be like, you adjust yourself to the room. You go with the flow of thing. And they took that as bad in corporate America. Like I needed to stand firm on something. But I think that has been my superpower this year is that because of my flexibility, because I'm able to flow and adapt and move and do things, I wasn't stuck in one place. And like I said, I've done things this year that I never dreamed of. In fact, I went on my first casting call and got it and I'm recording a show right now. And so during a pandemic, you just never know what life, what God has in store for you. Just to know that because of something that was seen as a negative before, totally in this moment in time turned out to be the best positive for me because I am able to adjust and be flexible. And that's what I think a lot of companies have had to figure out especially like those companies are like, oh no, you can't work from home. Guess what? You just found out everybody in your, your <laughs> can work from home. I know. I, I, I used to work for a company who had that mindset and would never let us work from home. And I think their thought process or was, okay, if you're working at home, you're not really working. Mm -hmm. And it's now like people are forced to do it. What are you going to do? Like you have to have people work from home, just depending on the, the particular job, but you're so being adaptable and being able to, to be flexible to situations. Like that was a plus this year. Mm -hmm. And I think the people who did not have that mindset, they probably have failed in some of the things that they were working on within their business or personal goals or even their career, because there are people who feel like they can't focus at home. So they're like, I can't work from home. And if you keep telling yourself you can't, you'll never be able to do it. You just have to find a way to really go with, to, to be able to go with the flow and to be able to 
still accomplish the things that you have to do. So we have, we only have a few minutes left, but I definitely want to ask this question. And before we get into actually understanding, you don't have to divulge like what your goals are for next year, but have you already started to set those 2021 goals started to think about them. I have not set them in stone yet because now that I have a business to run, I'm going to be adding to what I would usually do personally and professionally. I'm actually going to take some time over the holiday season. I'm going to go take a little stay at home vacay and I'm really going to focus and get centered on what I want to do next year, but I'm going to leave room for flexibility because I think that is so super important but I know I want to expand my business. Uh, like my business partner is telling me to slow down. Like we don't have all the money. This is going to take sit down somewhere. And I know I really need to focus some goals, some very intentional goals on building the business and how I'm going to do that. So that's probably going to be most of my focus along with this pageant and the next book um, I'm coming out in February. I still have other things on the horizon that are going to happen in 21. Definitely. Okay. So let me ask this question. If money was no object and nothing was impossible, what would you want to do or what's something that you would have achieved? It, there will be so many things, right? Because just with starting a business, I also wanted to start a nonprofit, but I realized that sitting on the board of a nonprofit, I see how much that takes. I think if money were no object, I would definitely retire from corporate America and I would start my nonprofit and I would still keep my for-profit business, but I would most definitely be helping other people because another thing I think of is networking is so important. That is going to be part of my business and part of my podcast is really helping people or assisting them with getting their brand out, with really getting to know the right people. And that brings up another point. I think people think of wealth as only associated with money, but wealth can also be associated in your network of the people. It's not always financial. Think of people as being your wealth, the people like you know. that, like definitely have to use that one. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like that saying, your network is your network. Network, mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. So Katrina, thank you so much for being a guest today. I know that we are out of time. Before I let you go, I want to ask you three questions I ask all of my guests in relation to the topic. And we'll start with question number one. What do you consider one of your top milestones? Wow. Honestly, I'm going to say raising a son <laughs> is That's one of the huge. top milestones. It is. Yeah, it is. So I look at people who have children and I, I want one child, just one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think about, I'm like, okay, at this age, whoever I meet, they probably are already going to have a child or two, but I, I do want one of my own. And I think about how people really do it because I think we get so caught up into the things that we're doing and and you think about how can I incorporate something else? Like how would I add a child to my life? <laughs> mm -hmm. But I know that I'll be able to do it when I'm ready. So that's a huge accomplishment and, and still being where you are today, because some people really give up 
their life or give up their career to really focus on their child and their kid. And it seems like you've accomplished both. Like you raised your son, you have a good career, and then now you're on to building this brand for yourself. That's should do a book on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would. I think we've already touched on this question in relation to goal setting, but the next one is more of what motivates you? I think life motivates me. I tend to be a pretty optimistic person. I do have my down moments, but I don't let them stay down. I think the motivation of if I wake up every day, it's a blessing and I'm going to see what I can achieve today. And then finally, and I know we just got done discussing how money and how money is not necessarily wealth. But my question to you is, what is one of the top money memories that you have in life, whether it was reaching a savings goal or a certain salary or what was that point in your life where you really connected with money? It's so, it's so interesting. So I, I think I have different examples for everything. I remember when I was younger, I was a really good saver. I have older siblings and they would come ask me for money and I'd be like, Hey, you got a job. Like, why don't you have any money? <laughs> and I would make them pay me back. I said, I don't care if you pay me back in nickels, quarters, dimes, and pennies, you're giving me my money back. And they actually did. My brother was funny. He actually paid me back in pennies. I think that's one thing is that I've known I've been able to save. A lot of people have problem saving. I have to always reflect back on when I was a teenager and I was like, I was a teenager working at Six Flags and I was able to save my money. So I keep thinking about that. And then I think the next thing was working in corporate America and getting a promotion and getting the largest salary bump that I've gotten in my career. I think my manager was more excited than I was. She was like, I've never had anybody get promoted and get this big of a salary bump at once. And But that proved to me that someone was finally seeing my worth and what I could bring to the company. That did a lot for my confidence. And I think a lot of us don't think that our finances and our confidence are intertwined and they are more than we think they are. I appreciate your commentary. I appreciate you being here and being a guest and we definitely have to have you back again for another topic. For those who are listening, where can they find you? on social media. You can find me in several places. For Seven Figure Girls, you can reach out on YouTube, through IG, Facebook, or through sevenfiguregirls.com. And you can also find me on social media at Miss Texas All World Beauties Plus 2020. And that is M-S-T-E-X-A-S-A-W-B-P-L-U-S 2020. All right. Thank you so much. Right before we close it out, do you have any last words that you'd like to leave the listeners? Yes, I would say to be your own motivation. Yes, it is okay to have other external things, but you are the person you spend time with the most. So find what makes you happy, find what motivates you and to keep going. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.